What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. everybody, welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. How are you today? My name is Tracy. I'm Leslie. And um, together we are Say Yes to Spirit. <laughs> but what are we apart? Oh, no. Mm, yeah, that's an interesting question. So um, uh, if this is your first time listening to Say Yes to Spirit, then um, let me tell you a little bit about the idea that every week we get together and we um, ask that question, what does it mean to say yes to spirit? How would my life be if I were saying yes to spirit? What would I be doing? Um, how would I work through things that show up in my human experience if I say yes to spirit? And every week we start off with a theme that gets us talking and um, what we know is that every topic is connected to spirit. So there's we could we could have our theme for the week be computer. <laughs> and we could still talk about say yes to spirit. But as it turns out, this week our theme is transformation and um and we'll have an opportunity to talk about what that means, what's it look like, what does it feel like, what's the difference between change and transformation. Ooh. And um, how have our lives been transformed? So uh, that's where we'll be going. But before we do that, we always try to connect the... uh, No, we don't try. We (laughs) always connect the dots between our most recent show, which was present moment, being in the present moment. So um, that's the music in the background. means it's time. (laughs) Present moment and transformation. Now, see, this is an interesting idea. I think if I'm living in the present moment, then I I am transformed. I am the I am in the present moment. If my mind is totally being, and to me transformation seems like an action kind of thing, so they seem sort of opposite. Isn't that interesting? Transformation seems like a... A, a, a ooh, I'm gonna use that word work. It's you know, it's like a, it's like an action. Let's try to use the word action instead of work. It's like a thing in progress. Transformation makes it seem like it's something I'm doing, striving, working towards, being, working at being. And if I'm in the present moment, I, I just I am the I am. So it seems to me they're they're different. Which is interesting because when I initially thought of it, I thought, oh, that's the same thing. If I'm in the present, then I'm transformed. But transformation seems like effort. Suddenly I don't like the topic so much, transformation. But okay, that's good. That's okay. That's interesting. It's an interesting concept. Transformation being work. (laughs) Being hard. Taking effort. Being in the present moment, that seems like simpler. Seems 
be. I don't know. I think a lot of people would think transformation as being the result of many present moments. Being present in every moment, then you look around and your life has been transformed. Yes, that I would agree. That I would say yes. But we'll see. We'll see where transformation takes us. But before we do that, we will uh, take a little break, one-minute break, and then uh, hang with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. And our theme for today is transformation. So if you were listening at the top of the hour, you know that we've already started this conversation. So wait a minute. What are we even talking <laughs> yeah, about what does that word mean? when we say transformation? Is it the process? Is it the intention that you said? Is it when it happens? Um, and I think it could be all of those, all of those things. All of that is part of the transformation. But uh, for me, the first thing that comes to mind is um, the idea that um, because of the word transformation, changing into form, I think of what we know from a spiritual perspective that everything begins as a formless idea that or as a formless concept there is no form in god there is there is nothing everything comes from nothing nothing that's tangible and so this idea that everything that appears in form originated from the formless and it's that change into form that gives us our human experience or that gives us life or gives us whatever we're doing and being. So so for me, that's kind of how I think about transformation, that things are always changing. My life is always changing. Every day, is, every breath is different. My body is different. My cells are regenerating. There's lots of change going on. But that doesn't always translate into changing into a new form or something different. And for me, the transformation is that somehow in the midst of change, you are different or the situation is transformed. It's different. Um, Sometimes that's intentional and sometimes it's a surprise. Is that the definition? That's interesting. So change... Changing form? Is that a definition? Change Well, I'm just form? looking at you know, the word parts, trans, transitive, transition, trans. 
is change mm-hmm. and form is form, changing form. That's interesting. See, I didn't even really think that. That. And, I mean, I could, like I sometimes do, go to Google and see what Merriam-Webster's dictionary, how it defines it, but just looking at word parts, transform, change form. Because going back to the idea of being in the present moment is being transformed. It's interesting, I guess, transformation to me seems like being, having an awareness, being in the being, being aware of the being. And the, the transformations, I guess that would go with what I was saying earlier in terms of it sounds like something I have to do or something I have to be working at to change the form instead of just being the formless. Um, So the dictionary definitions are the act transformation, the act or instance of transforming, of course. A, A marked change as in appearance or character, usually for the better. Um... The medical definition is an act, process, or instance of transforming or being transformed. So we need to look up the base word transform to get a definition that doesn't have transform in it. And you know what's also interesting is I'm thinking now, I I only think of a spiritual transformation. Isn't that funny? Everything. That is funny. Everything All is things spiritual. in my mind goes to spirit. But that's, I guess, yeah, you can have a medical transformation. You have a physical transformation if you lose a lot of weight. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. to change in form, appearance, or use. That's the basic definition, change form. But, see, I don't see that it has to be necessarily, <laughs> well, and, you know, I don't have a problem with the word work. Uh, I think we have to, when we commit to something and we do it, that that is a good thing. Uh, but I know we don't share that. So um, so if I'm doing my meditation every day, if I'm doing five minutes of meditation every day, I'll use your example of, yes. you know, that well, five like, minutes every morning meditation. And... Um, and then, you know, I've been doing this for four months, and I'm in a car accident, and I realize I'm really calm through the whole thing. Yes. I've been transformed. Yes. Well, so so some people would say, yeah, and it was work, because that five minutes every day of meditation, it was work, because I, I don't like to meditate. And now I see the benefit of it, because uh-huh. I've been transformed. I, um, I think when we... Do set our intentions, or we do affirmations. You know, in a sense, we even say, "Are you doing your work? Are you doing your spiritual yes, work?" Yes, yes, yes. I don't see that as hard in any way, or a burden in any way. But that is what then transforms my life, my my image of myself, or my understanding of applying spiritual principles. But I'm not, it's not like I'm blocking out everything else and carrying a 200-pound weight. <laughs> Doesn't feel like that to you? Hey, you know what, it's interesting, Reverend Beatrice, my spiritual teacher, will talk about the idea uh, that discipline, through discipline comes freedom. Mm-hmm. And through the discipline of some sort of spiritual practice or spiritual work, um, there's the freedom 
and the freedom then allows me to sort of, and I've had those experiences where when I'm doing my spiritual practice and something quote-unquote dramatic or traumatic happens in real time, I'm calm, and then I'm like, oh, look. I, and then there's this awareness of, yes, it's like when I'm in it, it, it doesn't seem so extraordinary until there's something that happens, and then I think, oh, wow, you know, a year ago, this would have totally put me to the bed, and perhaps, for me personally, to the couch eating pie. But the idea of seeing transformation kind of in hindsight versus, I wonder if, is there a heightened, like, did Jesus or Buddha or some of these master teachers, were they aware moment to moment to moment that they were Jesus or Buddha? You know, the, was it like a, wow, I'm Jesus, I'm Buddha, I'm living this, you know, moment to moment, or was it just, I'm just Jesus. The blue is, the sky is blue kind of thing. It wasn't really extraordinary. I am Jesus, and I believe that I am the child of God, and everything is done through God. And how how else could Jesus, as the as an example, be navigating the everyday things of life, and then saying, "Well, okay, I see that you believe there's not enough food here to feed all these people. Give me the fish and the loaves, and." I will, you know, and God will feed all these people with this little amount. That's belief. That's, but but he was living his everyday life, eating the same things and doing the same things as everybody he was interacting with. So I think I think the answer is you walk that any of the process who were in human form were having human experiences and they simply said yes to spirit. <laughs> yes, that's every cool. day in, in, in every you know, day. in every in 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 all the opportunities that have been documented mm. because, you know, the the what I believe to be the reality is, you know, every moment of every day was not documented. Mm. Right? So the stories in the Bible are telling the stories in a way, number one, they're not um, literal, word for word, moment by moment, action by action. So they're being told in a way that makes a point. And I don't mean to imply that, you know... Lightning is going to strike you now, basically. Yeah, whatever. I don't mean to imply that, you know, there were that there were any moments where, you know, Jesus walked around and cussed people out or, you know, or was a axe murderer between stories. I don't mean to imply that. I really, you know, just mean to imply it was, it seemed to be really important that he was with, the people. He was of the people. And the stories highlight those places where he gave the particularly good examples of how we are all to live. Here's a ponder. This is a spiritual question that, you know, I turn to you for all things spiritual questions. Did Buddha come in the world after Jesus, or did Buddha come into the world before Jesus? I don't know. But it would be better for me and my story if he came after Sorry. He came before? Buddha came before? In form? Before Jesus? Damn. Really? 
Okay, let's for the purpose of let's <laughs> say that Buddha came after Jesus. Tell us the story. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Because I don't know of any real transformation. It's like Jesus came out of the chute transformed. He didn't, I don't know, as I know Jesus' story, you know, whatever. He, we don't really know his story up until he started his preaching. But there wasn't any kind of dark night of the soul until he was going to the cross. And in theory, in my understanding of Jesus' life, it was pretty just routine. So why do you think you only heard about, the Bible only tells the story of the three years. Right, of his teachings, right. So we don't really know. He was a human being. He was just, you know, chopping wood and playing with his brothers and possibly getting married and having children. But but. he had brothers. He had brothers. Joseph had other children. He had brothers. I think I know this. He didn't have brothers. I love it. I think I know this. He had no siblings. (laughs) No, I really think he did. Well, anyway, see, I was thinking for the human experience, you know, I think my personal feeling is that God, spirit, energy, is always trying to teach us, and we're so slow learners, and we're just so sad, and we, you know, God is always trying to just give us yet another chance, yet another chance. No, really, here's another example. And so my thinking was that, you know, Jesus kind of came out of the chute, transformed, and then because none of us can kind of relate to that, because we have all these horrible dark nights of the soul, and we have things that are such a struggle. Did I say we? I think we. I. So, so then God was like, well, you know. Perhaps Jesus set the bar too high, and people don't feel like that they could really, you know, just be that. So then we had this other master teacher that come in that had this huge dark night of the soul, and this, you know, kind of sort of active transformation that Buddha had in terms of going off and sitting under the Buddha tree, right? <clears throat> Bodhi tree, Bodhi tree, what he sat under a tree, and um, had that difficult kind of time and that sort of dark night of the soul that science of mind people talk about, and then had that transformation out of that hardship. So then the example would be, oh, okay, I can be struggling, I can be on the cliff, I can be eating pie on the couch, and that's part of the process. I can be reassured that, you know, that I haven't failed because I'm struggling, that in the struggle becomes the sort of the, the ground for transformation. So that's my idea. If Buddha came afterwards, it was kind of God saying, okay, y'all can't all be Jesus because you're too silly and you can't accept that, even though we could if we would. But So he was trying to give us a bit of a he, God, spirit, giving us so, another example of how transformation happens. Go ahead. <laughs> so I'm going to go back Always. to... Jesus having brothers? Did we find that out? I think he does. I'm going to go back to this idea of Jesus being born out of the chute. Being born transformed. Perfect. Uh, well, if, if it was at the time of birth, there was no transformation needed. Uh, so <laughs> being born of divine wisdom and knowledge right. out of the chute, as shoot. you said. Yes. So... That little baby Jesus in elementary school didn't really struggle, that he kind of had this. So, I have to stop there because (laughs) we don't know. What we teach. Ooh. We teach, yes. Is. Science of mind teach? Among others, yes. What we teach is that the spiritual truth is that each one of us is born pure. 
of pure yes. of, of 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 original blessing, right? Pure divine wisdom out of the shoot. Yes. And so in that way, of course Jesus was born that way, as each one of us is. Yeah, okay. I'm with you now. Okay. So, but he never lost sight of that, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, I, I see, and that's where it's like, how, how, why would you make up that story? I don't know. It doesn't seem like he did. Because if until that the, were the story... Until the... Don't if that were the something. story, then the stories in the Bible would reflect something he did at three years old and something he did at ten years old and something he did at fifteen years old. There's all the people who who have spent a lot of time trying to research. Like he seemed to have disappeared from the age of twelve to thirty, and you know what was he doing and where was he going? so that he could then begin to live in a way at 30 where people would follow his example. Why don't we know that? That would be so helpful. He clearly was not living that when he was 15 or 16 or 30, that he had life experiences. See, that would be so helpful to know, I think. Because otherwise there would be no point in picking up the story at 30 or 29, or, you know, at that point. And, there, I mean, there are people who've researched and said, oh, he went and studied um, in India and, and learned about Hinduism. And that that reflected a lot of, you Ooh. know, what he did. There are people who've, who, you know, in their research have tried to prove that he, you know, just, you know, had a normal life. There's... There's different stories there, but the point of him being born, as you say, out of the shoot. It's very descriptive, yes. Um, being with, with divine wisdom, with the perfection, I actually agree with that, but I believe it's true for every one yes. of us, yes. and that we have the human experience to give us what Abraham Hicks in Law of Attraction would say, you know, give us the contrast or to give us the opportunity to to really choose right. to live our lives saying yes to spirit, to live our lives in the truth of who we, as, as humankind, who we have been created to be. And so, yeah, so I don't, in that sense, I don't see that the, you know, we know more about Buddha's struggle. Yes. <laughs> It wasn't a struggle. He was struggling under the tree. He was, he was? starving. He was naked. He, did, he, was, he wasn't struggling. I think he was struggling. That's your word. He was choosing. By appearance. By appearance. He chose. Eternally, yes, because he was a Because king. he was a prince. Yes. Right. He had all the riches of the world. See, that, I like that, that story. There we have a better be story there. There must be something. Contract. There's something more than just having everything that I want. It's the spiritual grounding. So he didn't find it struggle. You sure he came before Jesus? <laughs> but he, but he, but he was transformed. I, I see more in Buddha's story a transformation. Jesus's story, I just see is all light. <laughs> okay. It, 
vivid transformation story seems to play out in, in Buddha's experience in terms of, like you say, he made that choice. And I think, you know, why is it that we need, like, examples, or I, let me stop using the word we, trying to deflect my own uh, screwed upness, but um, I need stories, I need hope, I need external, oh, you too can do it. Let's say, oh, this applies to me, oh, wow, you know, and that's, I guess, my story so that I have to have some external outside you can do it, you can do it versus just going internally and being being and the being would be the trans would be in present moment with the transformation the being would be, be transforming transformed. you wouldn't it be transformed the being would be transforming you. Ah, if I was being, I'd it be would be constantly yeah. transforming you into the next whatever experience that you were intending to experience. And is the transforming or the change in form, is it really changing form or is it changing my awareness of the form? The form is the, the formless. Spirit, it, energy, is there. And is it my awareness that comes and goes? Is it my awareness that creates the transformation? Because well, nothing really changes, ultimately, right? It's impossible to transform God. God never changes. Right. What gets transformed is the physical, is the form. Mm-hmm. The, anything that is in physical expression, that gets changed. So I... And you used a perfect example earlier of a a physical transformation, someone who loses weight or gains weight. You're adding to or you're taking away from and the physical physical appearance of it changes. Um, The way I show up in the world is a physical expression of what I believe in. So that tramp, that can be transformed even if my body doesn't change, my experience of life changes or the way I interact with people changes, so that form changes. So the transformation occurs in the physical, but the origin never changes. Right. And what I guess is so disheartening to me is the I, this concept that, like, because I feel like in the span of my 52 years, that is old, 52 years, that I have transformed probably 73 times at least, maybe 173 times. But, I mean, it's like I I have these, these, these journeys, these, you know, uh, dark nights of the soul, these understandings, these, spiritual practice times and this transformation, this living in the present moment, this living in the being, and then bam, back down to the, you know, recesses of human hell. And uh, (laughs) so I don't understand why if I've had transformed moments, days, possibly months, maybe not quite a year, but why can't I stay there? What keeps me from, what keeps me so don't say the human experience is too easy, but you know I can't 
claim it, like stakes the transform. I am transformed. I am done with this. And you'll say then I would be dead. But, you know, there's got to be some sort of ability to live in the human experience and be transformed at the same time. I just keep holding on to the concept. Jesus didn't just go poof. He was, you know, Buddha didn't go poof. He lived day to day to day transformed. And he was still human in the human. How did Buddha die? I don't know. So, um... I'm going to just lay down and take a nap and go to sleep. Transform is a verb. Ah, transformed is a verb? Transform. Is a verb? Transform. Transform. Oh, we have to eat it. Okay. Transform. Transformation would be a verb. Transformed is is a, a tense of a verb. Transformation is a noun. It describes the what has happened as a result of Oh, transformation. Being well, I'm using that backwards then. So transformation is the noun, so, is, the, is the being. And so our, there is no moment that we are alive that we are not transforming because every breath in, every breath out, our physical experience is changing. So transforming or changing is always happening. I guess it goes back to kind of my bias that just because we're changing all the time doesn't mean we are transformed. That change and transform are not really the same thing. So our body is changing in every moment. Our life is changing in every moment. Is it a transformation that shifts us into something new that is not always the case? So... I don't know. I think, again, going back to using Jesus as the example, as you just did, it's like, I know, I think he was in transformation every day. Every one of those Bible stories is about he had a belief that was at its, at its you know, perfection, his belief in demonstrating the power and the presence of God in life. And even believing that he had to constantly choose whether to act based on that belief. So I don't think he ever hit a place where he was transformed and then it was, like, over. Automatic pilot? You know, he got the automatic pilot transformed? Well, I think it's all, it was, it's, it's automatic. The default became the reminder of what I believe now. What do I do as a result of that belief? So think about it, even as the Bible story goes, even as he was on the cross and he had the exchange where he basically cried out to God and said, you know, like, really? Like, do you really mean to let this happen? And, you know, and uh, given a choice, I'd really rather, you know, have another experience. I'd really rather live, but thy will be done. It was that moment, at least when I read that passage, it reminds me of that moment of despair in the human experience where Jesus felt like, hey, God, are you paying attention? Like, you know, 
this hurts. Clearly, this is not this part is, of the plan. This is would not be a part of my plan. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know you always hear me. So if you hear my cry, and this is your will, then that will be done. You know, it's like okay, great. I you know I I'm doing this, but it's not what I want. So I I think that was. You know, and that was in his last hours, last few hours, alive in human form. So I don't, I don't think Jesus was this. I think he was the perfect man living, living in a way that constantly said, "I will choose my next thing based on." the fact that I believe the power and the presence of God is with me, guiding me, guarding me, protecting me. But he had experience after experience as a Jewish man in society at that time. He he had experience after experience, which was the human experience. He just made the choice from the place of God the Father. God is my my truth is I'm a child of God. See, when you said that about what he said in terms of, you know, you will be done, I'm thinking Daddy God. And then you think Daddy God. Okay, I'm going to do it, you know, if I just let go and let Daddy God, that seems like, that 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 seems um, like there's something, some some act, some destiny or some something that outside spirit going through me or as me well it's not, to me it's not any different than anything else like realizing i don't have control over everything that happens to me and my commitment and my responsibility is to always ask um if I were Christian, you know, what would Jesus do? Or, you know, if I'm Buddhist, what would Buddha do? Or it, just in general. This is the reality, quote-unquote. These are the facts. This is what's happening in physical form. Now, based on what I know, let me go within, and what do I do in this situation? What is mine to do? How am I to show up? So... So if Jesus is carrying, the, dragging the cross or is nailed to the cross and in tremendous pain, that question of how do I navigate this situation that, you know, I'm not in control of, well, I remember that truly I'm just in physical form and spiritually there's the eternality and the ah. immortality of, yes. of spirit. And so... It is, this is an illusion. This is what I am going through in all of this pain and agony. It's still an but illusion. But it doesn't change the fact that I am a spiritual being. Do you like the word illusion? Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> I like the word illusion. Uh, it's, like well, word illusion. all of life is, right, an illusion. And we talked about this what, recently. We talked about the matrix. Uh, but we're having a physical experience, and that's not an illusion. But to the like, to that idea on steroids, it is in a way. And so it doesn't take the if if your hands are nailed 
into a cross. It doesn't take the pain away. But it might. I think people can transform their, you know, I mean, people have had experiences in concentration camps or torture where when they can kind of suspend their human mind. Yeah, or the the mother who lifts the car, the car because that's right. her child is under it. And yes. in that moment, she bypasses everything her brain says yes. about you can only yes. lift 35 pounds. It's like, no, that car weighed 2,500 pounds, and she lifted it long enough for someone to pull her kid out. Yeah, um, that that is a... Um, I think that is possible because our brains tell us what yes. it, it, what they what it knows. Right. Our brain tells us what it knows based on what it's read and what uh-huh. it's experienced in the human life time. But there's got to be a way to transform that, isn't that part? Isn't that why the game is played? If we if if that if that's the whole game of it. The, the understanding of the transfer, the understanding that's not really real. What the brain is saying, what my human mind is believing, <clears throat> you know, I am beyond that. I am not that. You know, it's interesting working in the jail every now and again. What I've been there seven years. Very long time. Um, I think probably over the course of that seven years, I've seen maybe five people, and I'm working with probably 300 different women a month. So maybe five people out of that time frame that I really can tell you that they transformed. They had like, and and one little girl got 20 years, and it was like two months. I mean, it was like, it didn't even register her to her. It was like, oh, this is just the next thing. Oh, okay. I mean, she was so transformed that nothing in this physical, quote-unquote, limited space, they, they they were so transformed within who they were that the, the, the physical experience held no meaning. It was just like, oh, that's interesting. And it, it, I guess that's a, I'm using that as some sort of statistical, <laughs> you know, out of thousands of us, you know, and how do you get to that point? You know, what made those five people have that experience, which is completely available to the thousands of others? So, of course, I don't know the answer to that. But <laughs> I just find it really interesting that, so to you, it sounds <laughs> like... I'm very interesting to you, yes. When you, that I'm when you use the word transformation... <laughs> Then it's like again it's a you, done deal. you set up an A and a Z. Yes, and I'm at Z. Boom. And that transformation is only attained if you're at Z. Yes, and then it's and over. And then maintain. I should say a Z. <clears throat> Why do I have to go back to A? Seems like such and, a waste of time. And for me, I just I see the movement from A to B as a transformation. It's a uh-huh. transformation. So there, I'm not the same as I was before. It's and I have no idea what my Z would look like, or what your Z would look like. That everybody's, if there were an A to Z, that everybody's Z would reflect their unique combination of qualities, and you know, because each one of us has been made in a unique way. 
And so the Z has to reflect what it is that you came to learn or to be and that there's no way to know whether what looks like a transformation from A to B might be that person's Z, might be the transformation, the the ultimate transformation that they were created to experience. So for me, any... Not any change, because we all change, but any transformation that um, I think every time we set an intention and then we achieve that intention, that's a transformation. So, yeah, so anyway, it just hit me as I was listening to you. You're seeing it as an A, and then spiritual transformation is going to look like Z, and then they're going to maintain it, and that's it, and that's and then, yeah, in that sense, the experience of life really is over. And see, and that's interesting that you have everybody has their own individual transformation. It looks different. I think everybody looks the same. If I was transformed, it would look just like you're transformed. It would look just like anybody else is transformed. The transformation itself would bring the oneness alive. And the oneness the is the transformation. The oneness is the, is the it. The it. And the oneness is the oneness. It's the oneness. It's not. The one is the same. The one is made up of the many, and so each one of us carries unique characteristics and qualities or unique combinations of those characteristics and qualities that are the one. And so it's impossible for me to know what your transformation looks like. Whatever it looks like, it is still a part of the one. But every person, as well as every blade of grass, every snowflake, mm. everyone is different. So how can I, all I can know is, I can't even know that you have been transformed unless I'm interacting with you and you tell me. And I tell you. Or you show me mm. in your actions. And I would not have been able to predict that. It's just like I can't tell that you haven't transformed just because of what I'm seeing because I don't know who you were or what you were doing a year ago. Or you, yes, but a right. theoretical right. other person. You know, this concept of... Um you know, this concept that people talk about now that, the, like, the, the, the souls coming in, there's a bunch of old souls coming in to try to, that the human experience is on this sort of catastrophic course for self-destruction because it's gotten so out of hand and there's all this idea of new souls, old souls coming in to try to, you know, saying, danger, Will Robinson, danger, wake up, wake up, wake up. And, um, and then this idea that if we all woke up, then we would, you know, become the one, that there'd be this transformative kind of utopian kind of moment. And when you just said everybody's different, I think that's interesting because then I thought of like a combination lock that has like um, like different numbers. Like I just got a lock and I have to, you know, I had to set the different numbers to make the key work. So like two, three, eight, two, four. I had to create a different one and each number has to be its own number for the lock to unlock. And I just had a metaphor in my head about each one of us transforming into what our number is. Look, I'm agreeing with Tracy Brown. But um, that, that, that then, when we each become the oneness as we are expressing it, that unlocks the lock. 
the master lock to poofness, utopia, the idea of each of us having that part of the one. And I right like now it. we're all kind of keep spinning our dials. We're not really landing on our number. It's like a thing in Vegas. We're spinning that dial. I was like, oh, damn. That's supposed to be a four, and I landed on a two. It's got to start all over again. That's an interesting image of that. Then all the different locks, you know, the numbers coming together to unlock. Um, and, and so the image part that came to me was, yeah. So your one of your favorites, Eckhart Tolle, mm. may have be right where he's supposed yes, to he be. Yes, too. He's waiting. So he's right there. But if the other numbers aren't lined up, it doesn't take anything away from him. It doesn't add anything to him mm-hmm. operating at his number. Mm-hmm. His job is to operate at his number. Right. And to not... He can... You know, it is interesting because even in his writing, what he does, he's very careful to say, I'm just sharing my experience. I'm sharing what has happened to me. I can't tell you how to be what a four. to do. Right. I can just share my experience. And if you learn something from it or you it inspires you, that's great. But I'm just telling you my experience. And that's a part of what his transformation, too, is about, sharing his experience, and, um, you know, I am really, he's been pretty quiet these, <laughs> the last few years, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I, I'm imagining that his next book, if he writes one, is going to be about what it is, it's more like those three years of Jesus' mm. journey. Yeah. What is it like to live in an everyday world with the awareness that he has uh-huh. and you know and navigate the everyday experiences that are life that are humanity from that place of awareness because I don't you know the first book was very much all about this is what I learned in my transformation. This is what I learned. So it's really all past focus. Power Now, was that his first book? Yes. And then New Earth was, you know, this is how I think the world should be. But it really wasn't very much about his personal experience of navigating and the, the two world. Or a four. Or, or whatever. Four. You made him a two. Okay. And a two. So, it, you know, it really wasn't. New Earth wasn't. New Earth was more like, let me describe utopia to you. Right. Come on, people, get your numbers. But he hasn't yet written about what his life is like operating in a world. I mean, I've heard him on interviews a few times, and basically, you know, basically what little he that I have heard him share has been, you know, my take on it has been... It's a, it's a good thing that he made enough money from the power of now that he basically doesn't interact with the real world. Yes, that is your theory on Eckhart Tolle. 
and um, you know, except he maintains his tourism. And in that sense, he's really not maintaining it. Well, he's not. He's not. Well, he's maintaining it, but he's not utilizing it. It's not as much use. So, to me, that's kind of the and and that is one of the reasons I do love you know the the writing about the life of Jesus in those three years because. It's example after example of him interacting with real world, with the real world, with real people, dealing with real life issues, and he didn't really set out to be like the savior. I'm not here to save all of you people, but I hear your story, and here's what I know about God. Yeah, he just was a six. He just was a six all the time. And, and all the stories. you know, this is how I see it and this is what I, I know about it. And if, you know, that, like the women touching the hem of his garment, you know, he was really clear. It's your faith that you believe if you just touch the hem of my garment, you will be healed. This will go away. Your life will be perfect. And And God only says yes. I'm not doing anything. I I'm just here, being a six, and I'm not even asking God to heal you. Your belief that if you can get that close to me, All right, that's what actually did it because you believe God works. And you just believe that God works if I touch this man's foot or clothing. <laughs> And God says, oh, okay, whatever, I'll take your belief in whatever way right. it works for you. Right. Which is why, I'll, you know, I believe all paths lead to God. If you believe because you believe in the way that the Methodist Church outlines, here's what you should do, God just says, sure, okay. If you believe because you're a Mormon and you, you that helps you understand this concept of the divine, no problem. You know who I think is an interesting way of living his number, we'll make him a seven, is Wayne Dyer. He seems to be a master teacher that's living in the world and living living it out. His books do that same sort of thing that you're talking about with Jesus in terms of talking about how his constant reaffirming and reconnecting mm-hmm. and simply realigning to the truth of who he is through all these different interactions yeah, he has a lot of human interactions. Lots of them. What does he have, seven kids? Yeah, lots of kids, yeah. Seven yeah. or nine? Awesome. He has a lot of kids. And, I mean, you know, and is very engaged in his life and in their lives and in being a husband, a father, an uncle, a granddad, a, and a living example of um, being guided by spiritual principle. Yeah. So what's your number, do you think? I think I'm going to play with my little number thing. Am I being a... See, I could start wristbands, you know, wristbands that say, you know, what would a 11 be? <laughs> if I could embrace my number, embrace then I could your say, number. whatever it is, what would that number be? What would that number do in this moment? Embrace your number. And then my you'd have individual to, number. Well, then you'd have to um, negotiate with all the... <laughs> the dozens of numerology, numerology Ooh, studies, for, you know. Oh, that's so. interesting. That's a whole other thing, isn't it? Right. 
So it's like, what's your number? Oh, people will tell you their numerology number. And then, like, which school of numerology do you want to believe? Well, let me read several of them and decide which one I like the best. That's the one. And the fascination with, uh, with, with for me, anyway, knowing, you know, wanting to know that, that, that there's some intrinsic, oh, what is this thing that um, is new? It's not new, but it's a psychological test that tells you not the Myers Briggs, but something sort of new. But it tells you like your, you know, who you are, what your path is, and it even goes into the if you're functioning at a high level as your inner. Oh, what is it called? Enneagram? 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 Enneagrams? Yeah, those are ancient. Are they ancient? Mm-hmm. Based on ancient mathematical. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Now I like it better. But um, it, it, it's an interesting. Something in me is in so engaged by that. It's like I want to take that test so then I can find out who I am, that I'm really a 33. And then I get, get excited. Oh, now I've got this external affirmation that I'm a 33. Label. Oh, that makes me feel special. I'm a 33. Label. Now I can, okay, because I'm a 33, this is what I do. Instead of just, you know, laying back in the jet stream, thy will be done. I will be done, maybe that you be a 33. <laughs> or 66. 33 may be too small. If I lay back in the jet stream, maybe I'm a 66. That's the biggest That's number in the universe. indicating that a higher number is better. I can't The bigger, no, biggest number in the universe <laughs> is one. Ooh. Is that true? Is that sort of mathematical truth? No, it's spiritual. It's <laughs> spiritual truth, yeah. yes. If that we are all a part of the one, oh, yes, right. that you can have 756 billion trillion gazillion, but the biggest number is Ooh, that's the usually, one. Uh, there you go. There's a talk in that. The biggest number is one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We'll add it to the list. It's a good talk title. I don't know how good the talk will be. <laughs> the biggest number All you want is a good title. and Bring him in. Right. <laughs> And then it hauls interpretation after that. I'm really engaged. Enneagrams are, uh, am I saying that correctly? Ennea. Ennea. Grams? Enneagram. Enneagram is ancient um, wisdom. I was thinking it was some new age person making some money off of the some some. But now I like it better. <clears throat> I have a friend that's really into that. He was, I think he, have you, do you know your numbers? Have you ever done it? I did an Enneagram test in the mid-90s, but I don't remember, I don't remember much about it except looking at the picture with all the angles and the... Do you remember thinking, oh, that's me? Ooh, that's interesting. No, I don't remember thinking that because <laughs> Jay-Z would never think all right because <laughs> you know I'm, I'm too simple. Well, and so and my my whole personality <laughs> yes. platform is based on there is you know yeah. But your ideogram should have told you that that you would never believe in the inner that <laughs> you would. Well, I don't mind the the test. Them, the assessments themselves. I mean, this is true whether it's Myers Briggs or 
any of them. Um, It's the way that people use them, right? So if I tell you I'm an Enneagram blah, 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 then you think I think I know you. Yes. Yes, you hate that. And I hate that. You hate that. So it's like... Let me prove you wrong. So as, um, as a part of... You know, like I'll do what the group is doing because I'm a part of a group or class, and I was at a conference, <laughs> and it, you know everybody in the very conference good of you was. Right, it's like, yeah, I can participate in this. Yeah, no big deal. It's not like you know it's gonna hurt me to do it. But then when people afterwards think, you know, they know you this. You wore your little badge or something. They know you this so around. Much, right? All they know is what they learned mm-hmm. in that 30 minutes, right? Yeah. And now they think, oh, you're this. I know you. And so, yeah, my common answer <laughs> to any of the assessments is, you know, I just don't even remember. Oh, see, and I, I just can't wait to tell you. <laughs> this is what I am. <laughs> yeah. And then after I said that, like, you know, 25 times, I just can't remember. The reality is I you don't really can't remember. remember. All right, yeah. I clear my brain of it. So, cool. That's so funny. We are down to about two minutes. So is there anything else about transformation, transformation? And that would be a noun, you said, transformation. So that would be a state of being. Once the transformation has occurred. And then we're in the the verb of transforming Transforming to whatever is our next, our next, Destination no on the so road. It's fun. No wonder it's so exhausting. Because it's, it's just so never freaking ending. <laughs> it ends what? when human life ends, and then you transform. Yeah. Then you transform into whatever the next experience is, as Leslie, because we do believe in the eternality and the immortality of life. And I want to do that now in the human skin. I think that's so possible. You but I want to have the, the human. E- eternality you have in it. this. But I'm so unaware of it that it's useless to me. <laughs> I want it to be useful. I want to be able to enjoy laying back in the jet stream. Oh, isn't this water pleasant? So warm. So fun. You have that choice in every moment. <laughs> Don't sit in the water and say, I'm drowning. Oh, my God, I'm drowning. I can't breathe. And the universe simply. (laughs) Well, then. So um, it is uh, all about transformation. Life is all about transformation. Life is all about. Whether I'm aware of it or not. Being in the present moment, and being, moving toward that which you choose or you intend. So, in that sense, transformation is always occurring. Yes, I do believe that. Without a doubt, it's always occurring. And I guess just whether I'm aware and making conscious choices about that is what I get to control. So that's all the time we have for transformation on Say Yes to Spirit. Challenge you to always be transforming, and as you're doing that, <laughs> be aware of it. to say yes, yes to, to spirit. spirit. 
Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.